which is also a scene of Masech the Kedushin, a summary of the Sikha. In the Pasik Binyamin Zaev Yitrov, where Yaakov compares Binyamin to a wolf, and it's explained as being that the Beis Amigdash will be in his section of Es Yisrael. So there's a difference in the way the Targum, the regular Targum, Onkelos ex- explains it, a slight difference, and the way the Targum Yonis of Nazil explains it. The Targum Onkelos says that Binyamin in his land will be the Shekhinah, the, the presence of Hashem, and in his inheritance of Etz Yisrael will sit the, base, the Mikdash. In the Targum Yonis of Nazil it says almost the same thing with a slight difference that uh, he he's like a Binyamin is like a powerful animal, like a wolf, and in his land will be will dwell the Shechina, the the Shechina of the master of the universe, and in his inheritance will be built the base Hamigdash. The Raghav points to this difference of the word base Hamigdash, and he says that the Targum Onkelos is talking about the place of the Mizbeach, that the Mizbeach will be where the where the Karbonus are brought will be in the section of Binyamin. And the Targum Yenis of Nazil is referring to the base Amigdosh itself. That's the difference. So we have to understand why do they argue on this point? The fact is that both of them were in the section of Binyamin. So why does this one point out the Mizbeach and this one points out the base Amigdosh? So we'll understand it by first explaining what is, why is it that uh, Yaakov describes the Shvatim and compares them to animals? He could be saying, you know, that if he wants to compare Yehuda to, uh, he's a powerful shavit. So why does he have to say that he's like a lion? He could say that he's a powerful shavit, or that, uh, you know, the other comparisons. Why do they have to be to animals? And since he's comparing them to animals specifically, there must be something in which he's trying to say that it's not just that they have a quality which also animals have, but that they have that quality in the way that an animal has it. And not only that, that the Shvatim as a whole have a certain element within them which is compared to what animals have. So what is it about an animal that, the, that Yaakov compares the Shvatim to an animal? So about these qualities of an animal, we find something in the end of Masechte, the Sima Masechte Kedushan, it says, Rav Shimon Alaza said, in my life, I never saw a deer that dries figs, that took a job of drying figs, or an animal, an, a lion that is a porter, or a fox that is a storekeeper. And yet, even though they don't have jobs, they, they are able to take care of their needs, f- find their food without difficulty. And they were not created only to serve men. And I was created to serve Hashem. So just like these who were, not, were created... Um, only to serve me are able to go about their business without difficulty and I who was created to serve Hashem is it not does it not go, go without saying that I should be able to fulfill my needs without difficulty so then why don't we find out everybody has an easy time with Parnosa the reason is I corrupted my behavior and that's why I diminished my Parnosa as the Pasuk says, that your sins skew you away from a straight path. So the Mepharshim explained that these three comparisons, you know, a deer which dries figs and an, uh, 
a lion that's a porter and so on they're not just compared for no reason each one has uh, has the quality which lends itself to the kind of job that the Mishnah describes that Rav Shimon Allah describes a deer which as it says sleeps with one eye open always has to be alert is uh, perfect for the job of a of somebody who spreads out f- uh, fruit in the field to dry and has to watch over it so that other animals shouldn't walk off with it so that's what a, a deer does a lion which is very strong is able to carry heavy loads and a fox which is clever is able to conduct business buy and sell that takes cleverness but the question still remains why were these three professions chosen there are other animals which also lend themselves to other types of professions for instance a gazelle runs very quickly so you could say that it could be a messenger but you don't find other other ones only these three what's specific about these three and those jobs now we find a similar statement to this one to what Rabbi Shimon Loza says here in the Yerushalmi but over there it's with slight differences first of all it attributes to the mayor also in the, it, it changes the order of the, the, of the deer and the lion first comes the lion and then comes the deer whereas by, in the Bavli the deer comes first and the lion comes after so we have to understand why that difference and also at the end he gives a fourth animal which is the wolf have you ever seen a wolf that sells pots so we have to understand what is this addition of the wolf selling pots why is it in the Yishalmi not in the Bavli also what is it about the, a wolf that sells pots that is different than a fox that, uh, that has a store what's the difference what he's selling it seems to be the same profession and of course what's the connection between a wolf and selling pots so we'll understand this by first seeing the way Rabbi Shimon Menelaza words his Kalvachimer he repeats the whole thing twice first he starts um, these were created to serve me and I was created to serve Hashem so just like these were created to serve me have a, don't have a difficult time providing so also I who was created to serve Hashem shouldn't have a difficult time providing why does it repeat the whole thing twice why don't it just say directly they who serve me don't have a difficult time and I who serve Hashem shouldn't have a difficult time why does it repeat it so the explanation is the, real, the purpose of the entire creation is all the animals, all the plants, everything that exists in the world is in order to make, to pave the way for a yid to be able to serve Hashem, to be able to do mitzvahs. That's the purpose of everything that's created. Every animal, every plant, every human being. Sir so Shimon and Lazar is pointing out that don't think that it's just simply ends at that. Everything is there in order to, to serve the yidin. It goes, it's more everything is there to serve the Yidden in the way that a Yid should be able to serve Hashem each one of the creations in the world is there with a specific purpose to serve a Yid to help a Yid in a way that he will be able to serve Hashem better so that the three talents that we talked about of the deer and the lion and the, the fox they're not just simply ways in which they could make life easier for Yid. They have a specific purpose in which they serve for th- that a Yid should be able to serve Hashem. How do they? A Yid does a mitzvah and therefore transforms something in the world. What is the role of the animal world, let's say? 
there, in order for a yid to be able to transform, to use material things in order to make them into a holy thing, they have to go through a certain preparation stage in order for a yid to be able to do his work of a mitzvah in order to do it. And that's what the animal world is there. That's what the outside world does. It prepares things in the world for a yid to be able to do a mitzvah with them. And that's what these three things are. They are methods of preparing objects in the world for a mitzvah, as will soon be explained. What is the reason that we don't find that deer actually prepare things for humans? Who prepares things for humans to do a mitzvah? We have to do it ourselves. We have to do it now. The reason for that is for the same reason that we have to go through hard work in order to earn a living. Because as Rajbi said, we shouldn't have had to do any work at all. It should, if the Yidin do the will of Hashem, then others do our work for us. But if we don't do the will of Hashem, then we have to do our own work. In a similar way, as Rav Shemim and Loza says, the reason that we have difficulty earning a living is because we're not we the Ravirus. So, for the same reason, it's no longer the animals that do it, or even the Goyim that do the preparation work for us. We have to do that ourselves too. But in this essence, it should have been done through the animals of the Goyim. But at least we still know what are the three steps of preparation we see from the way the Mishnah describes, Rav Shimon Loza describes these three animals and what their, their uh, professions could be. In order to understand these three professions as they, as they pertain to the preparations for mitzvahs, let's look at the professions themselves. The, the, he lists them in an order, as sort of in a progressive order how they progress through reality. First is Tzvi Kayetz, a, a deer which dries fruit. He dries fruit, which means taking the fruit into an open space where the sun can shine in them, and therefore dry them and prepare them for, uh, to store them, that it can be eaten later, it doesn't get rotten immediately, it will be good for many months. When you finish with the drying, you store them into boxes or whatever, and then you need a transport, like a lion, to be able to carry them to the fox, who will sell them and uh, do business uh, to buy and sell. That's how it works. That's the order of how it works. In other words, first you change the body of the, of the fruit, then you change the place, you bring it to the place where it needs to be sold, and then you change the ownership of it by selling it to somebody that wants to buy it. What does that mean in the preparation of a mitzvah? The, uh, what the, the deer does to dry the fruit. There is sometimes, in order to fulfill a mitzvah, you have to be knowledgeable of what the situation demands. For instance, there is a, you know that pikuach nefesh is doich kol everything. So you have to know, is this a situation of pikuach nefesh? You need a doctor to reveal to you, is this a situation of Guruch Nevesh or not? You need to shine the light on the situation. Also, a part of the deer's work is that he dries the fruit, which means he prepares it to be usable for the performance of the mitzvah. For instance, you have a skin of an animal, you want to make a pair of tefillin, so you first have to make it, tan the leather, and make it into parchment so that you could make tefillin. That's the preparation of the object itself. Then there is the, the preparation that the lion transporting something from one place to another because 
in order for a yid to be able to do the mitzvah, first of all, it has to be in, available to him. He has to have it in order to do it. If you have an esser growing in uh, Calabria and it's there, you can't do the mitzvah. You need to bring it to where you are. That's one step of it. Especially there are situations in which, according to halacha, you're not allowed to go to that place. For instance, if there is an object that you need for a mitzvah, but it's in a marketplace which is owned by the church, run by an avaydazara, you're not allowed to go there. It's in a place which, an immoral place. You're not allowed to go there. So you need someone to bring it out of that place where it's inaccessible to you halachically, spiritually, and bring it and make it, bring it into a place where you can actually use it. Then there is a situation of the of the the seller, the uh, the storekeeper, the the fox. There is situations, although not very often, where in order for a yid to be able to gain access to it, in order to do a mitzvah, it has to go through a change of ownership. An example of this would be similar to this to the situation that we find in the Torah. The Torah tells us that sichain had a went to war with Amun and Moiv and conquered their countries. Rashi explains that this was in order for the Yidden to be able to conquer the lands of Amun and Moiv because Hashem had instructed the Yidden that they're not allowed to wage war with Amun and Moiv. Yet they needed access to their land. So therefore Sichain took over, conquered the land from Amun and Moiv. The Yidden have no prohibition to go to war with Sichan Melech HaMairi and therefore now they were able to own the lands, conquer the lands of Amun HaMoyev. In other words, the lands of Amun HaMoyev had to go through a transfer of ownership in order for the Yidden to be able to do their mitzvah to take control of it. In a similar way, there could be situations like that also where it needs to transfer ownership, which is the role of the Chenveni, the storekeeper, in order as a preparation for the Yid to be able to do the mitzvah. Now the first two types of preparations are very common and happen all the time. There are many things which you have to do in order to make uh, many situations in which you have to prepare something in order to do a mitzvah. If you have wool, you have to make it uh, into to, to you have to share it from the animal in order to be able to make tzitzis. You have to bring it to the place where the yid has access to the to that wool, and so on with many other things. But the third one of the, the tra- transfer of ownership before it gets to it is a very it's not a common situation and that's why we find that the, there's a difference in the way the Bavli presents the first two which are common um, preparations and the third one there's no difference they don't address it differently because there's a difference the way the Yashalmi sees it and the way the Bavli sees it but only in those two common preparations as opposed to the third one as will be explained now that we've explained that the, the animals the reason that, um, that the animals represent the preparation stage for a mitzvah that's why the, 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 the shvatim are compared to animals now we understand why it's Dafke Yaakov that prepared the shvatim that compared the shvatim to these animals because the purpose of Golos Mitzrayim was because before Golos Mitzrayim the world wasn't ready for Matan Torah. What that means is the world wasn't ready to be transformed. It was so coarse that it could not yet be transformed from physical to spiritual. The Yidden were not ready to be able to transform the physical from the spiritual. When they went through Mitzrayim which is called the Kura Bazel, the refining smelting pot where it separates and refines the metal so the Yidden went through that 
Now the world was ready to be transformed and the Yidden were ready to do the work of transformation. When did Golos Mitzrayim begin? With the Shvatim. After Yaakov and Yosef died, then began the difficulty of the Golos Mitzrayim. In other words, the Shvatim were the first step in the preparing the world for Torah and Mitzvahs. That's why Yaakov compares them to the animals as a whole because that's the purpose of the animals as we explained is in order to pave the way for mitzvahs to be able to be performed. Now to understand the difference between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi as they approach this thing. It's been discussed, the Rebbe discussed in many sikhs. The difference between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi, how they see things. We'll use an example that describes it. If somebody has a bris, they have to do a bris, and if they do it 6 o'clock in the morning, through this fulfilling the mitzvah of zrizim, magdimel, the mitzvahs, to do a mitzvah immediately as you have the opportunity, which is a choice way to do a mitzvah, but you'll have only a small crowd, because who wants to get up so early? But if you do it 6 o'clock in the afternoon, after everybody gets back from work, then you'll have a big crowd. Which should so then you'll you'll there will be another perfection to the mitzvah which is Bereiv Am Hadras Melech when you have a big crowd that beautifies Hashem because it shows that everybody's celebrating his mitzvah. So the question is, should you do it early in the morning because then you get to do the mitzvah immediately, or should you wait for the better way to perform the mitzvah, which is in the afternoon? So there's a, the Machlekes in the Bavli. The Bavli says, look at the present. You have an opportunity to do it now, do it now. It's not going to be perfect, yes, but you did it now. The Yashami says, no, look to the future. If you have a better way, you'll be able to do it in a better way later. Wait for later and do it then. The same could apply also, not only to the actual performance of the mitzvah, but also to the way you prepare for the doing of the mitzvah, the preparation for doing the mitzvah, which can be expressed by these two, the deer and the uh, drying of the figs and the lion which can carry them. In regards to figs, the, it says that uh, a fig tree doesn't ripen all at once. The, the fruit ripen in over a span of time. So when a guy goes out to his field and he sees a few fruit ripened, should he immediately take those fruit, few fruits and bring them to the field and then, then a day later bring another few and continue doing that? Or should he wait until all of them become ripe then take a whole big bunch and yes you'll need the lion in order to bring them there but then you'll, uh, you'll save yourself a hundred trips and you'll do it all in one big trip the same question could be also applied to when you prepare for a mitzvah you got a hold of a small piece of skin which you can turn into parchment you don't know if it's the best quality skin should you do it immediately but you have now the opportunity to prepare a little bit of parchment so you can make tefillin and so on or should you, should you do it right away or wait until you get a big shipment and then you can make your choice you'll have a lot more, you'll have a better quality but of course yes you'll have to then you need the Ari, the lion to be able to handle the large amount so in other words in a way it represents should you do immediately what you have or should you wait until you have the better way of doing it and that's the difference between the way the Bavli sees it and the Yerushalmi sees it. The Bavli mentions the deer first. As soon as you have a little bit, get it done. Prepare it right away. Dry it right away. Prepare for the film right away. The Yerushalmi says, no, we start with the lion. 
when you have enough, when you have a large shipment, you can make your best choice. You can serve Hashem in the best way possible by choosing the best materials. That's where you start. Not from the deer doing small amounts and you won't get end up with a, good, a better product. But of course, the uh, the shul, the the fox, which uh, you know, which is an uncommon situation anyway. So they don't they leave it at the end anyway. According to both of them, that happens at the end. That appears. That is listed at the end. And that's also the explanation why the Yerushalmi adds the wolf that sells pots. What's the role of a pot? The, the role of a pot is that it prepares food from a raw state to a more tasty state. You can eat when it's raw, but it's not tasty. So you prepare it in a pot. How does, what is the, the, the Gemara describes the difference between the way a lion eats and the way a wolf eats. A lion claws its animal and immediately begins to eat it right there, right then and there. A wolf kills its prey and then drags it to its lair and eats it there because it's afraid the simple reason is because the lion is not afraid of anybody interfering in his meal the wolf has to be careful of other predatory animals the hyenas are going to come to mess his me- with his meal so he drags it to his lair and over there he can enjoy it better in other words a lion eats now he doesn't have to worry about anything he just eats it right now he takes care of the problem right now the wolf, he wants to make sure that he eats it in a better way. Similar to the idea of selling of, of pots. The, the wolf eats in a way that will be able to enjoy it better. And that's why the Bavli doesn't mention the, uh, the wolf. Because the wolf represents finding the most perfect way, even after the first three preparations that we mentioned before, represented by the deer and the lion and the and in some cases even the, the, the fox, there is an even higher level of perfection, which is what the wolf looks for, because he sells pots, because he looks for finding the best way to enjoy his meal. The, the Yerushalmi says, yes, we look for that. We look to do the mitzvah in the best way possible, even though that will delay the meal. Like the lion, he eats it right on the spot. No, the wolf delays his meal in order to be able to enjoy it better. The Yerbavli says, no, we look to eating it, doing the mitzvah right now. We are looking, interested, even in a preparation of a mitzvah, to carrying it out as soon as possible. And that's why it doesn't mention anything about the wolf, which represents some uber-perfection. The Rebbe points out that there is a Mishnah which almost explicitly points out this difference between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. The Mishnah says that if Yom Kippur comes out on Erev Shabbos on Friday... So you bring karbonas, there's like, let's say, the karm chatas of, the, of Yom Kippurim, the sa'ir, between the two goats, one of them is brought as a chatas. The leftover meat of that is eaten by the kayanim. But on Yom Kippur, of course, you can't eat it. So they have to eat it at night, because you have to fast in Yom Kippur, so they have to eat it at night, which is Friday night. So that's when you're allowed to eat it, and you can't eat it the next day either, because uh, once it's past the morning, but once it's past the night, it becomes noiser. So what do you have to eat it raw? You can't cook on Shabbos, you have to eat that meat raw. So the Mishnah says the Bavliim would eat the meat raw. In other words, the Yerushalmim, the local Kayanim, the, the Kayanim that came in from Bavel, they ate the meat raw. <clears throat> the ones that were local in Israel, they didn't eat the meat. They passed up on that mitzvah 
they'll eat the next carbon which they can cook. Why? Because eating a carbon is a mitzvah in itself, but eating it cooked is a is the way it should be done because it's meant to be eaten like a king in eminence. Lamashcha which means Lagudula. The Pasuk says it should be eaten Lamashcha, which means, as Rashi said, Lagudula, in the way a king would eat it, not the way, you know, like uh, not eating it raw. Of course, there was no option to cook it on Friday night, so they had to eat it raw. But the Rishalmim, they said, when we eat a carbon, we eat it in the best way possible. If we can't do that, we'll wait till the next opportunity to eat a carbon. The Bavlim, they said, we have a mitzvah now, let's eat it now. So we see the Mishnah immediately points out this difference between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. Now we go back to the original question of the difference between the Targum Unculus and the Targum Yenis and Menazil and how they describe the this Chelek of Binyamin, whether it's the talking about the base Amigdash itself as the Targum Yenis and Menazil says or it's the Mikdash not base Amigdash but the Mikdash the Targum uh, Unculus was written in Bavel. So it follows the Shita, the approach of things to, as Bavel. The Targum Yenisim Menazil was written in Eretz Yisrael. So it follows the method, the approach of Eretz Yisrael of Yerushalmi. So according to the Targum Yenisim Menazil, he says that the, the Pasuk bin Yamin's Ev Yitrof follows, it's an introduction to what follows next, which is about the eating of the carbonus, about the bringing of the carbonus and the eating of the carbonus. So, um, the, the Pasig ends, which Rasi explains as meaning the bringing and eating of the carbonus. So, the preparation for that can be seen in two ways. When we talk about the eating, the bringing and eating of carbonus, Strictly speaking, you could bring a carbon if you have only a mizbeach. You don't need the base amidish in order to be able to be makr of carbonus. But it goes without saying that the mitzvah in its perfection is when you have a base amidish standing behind the mizbeach, not just a lonely mizbeach. So therefore, the the targum yenisim nazil says it's the base amidish where the carbonus are brought. Because you need the carbonus to be brought with a base amigdash behind them in the most perfect way possible. So he, excre- he explains the carbonus as a, an element in the base amigdash. The Talmud Bavli, the Targum Yerusim Nazil says that, uh, sorry, the Targum Unculus says, we're talking about carbonus. The base amigdash is not relevant to this. You can bring a carbon just on the Mizbeach. And that's all that we're interested in. So he doesn't. He leaves out the word base migdasha. He we're talking about the mizbeach. Let's talk about the mizbeach and the way the carbonus must be brought, which is on the mizbeach. Which, according to this, it comes out that there would be an afkamin alalacha. What happens if you, we only have the opportunity to build a mizbeach? We can't build a base on migdash, but we could build a mizbeach and bring carbonus just on a mizbeach. According to the bavli, it would come out. Go ahead and do that. Sure, it's not the best way to, not to have the base amigdash, but now you have an opportunity to build uh, to bring carbonus. According to Yerushalmi, you would say, no, let's wait until we have the perfect state in which carbonus should be brought. When we have the entire base amigdash, that's when we'll start bringing carbonus.